Welcome to another episode of the Open Assembly Podcast. I'm your host, John Windsor, and in this episode, I talk with Steve Pakros, the CEO of Verblio. Verblio is a multimedia content creation platform that powers modern content marketers and SEO agencies. They have created tens of thousands of pieces of unique content for their clients across the globe. I love Steve's energy and passion for his work. Please enjoy the conversation with Steve Pakros, CEO of Verblio. All right. So, Steve Pakras, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, John. Good, good. good. Well, let's start off by question number one. Tell us a little bit about you personally. I was born in Chicago. I grew up in Colorado. I spent, I basically consider this my hometown, spent about 20 years in between bopping around different parts of the world. A lot of San Francisco startup time, a lot of San Francisco nonprofit time, a couple of years in South America and Brazil and Chile and some business school baked in there and some East Coast college. And that kind of roundabout way of talking about it kind of covers a lot of just who I am, which is I'm kind of a liberal artsy, interested in almost everything. But also one of those big things is uh, startups, the future of work. So those things awesome. kind of overlap here. Yeah, that's great. Well, you've been doing this for a while, right? Before verbally, you were, you were in this space. Tell me a little bit about that. So I joined a company called LiveOps, was one of the founding crowdsourcing companies when we called it crowdsourcing back in 2004. And I enjoyed a, a really fun ride with them from employee 35 to like 450. And we grew into a pretty sizable and pretty big reputation company. I learned a lot of things there and I became really passionate. So my first background was in nonprofits and I did a lot of community development building of uh, CDFIs, community development finance institutions, focused on using financial vehicles in order to increase the amount of small business jobs available. And so my whole job was using this in nonprofits and trying to find ways to create jobs. And then in 2004, after business school, I joined the startup world and I was like, Wow, we created 20,000 great freelancer jobs, which is more than I've ever, that's way more than we've ever done in anything that I've ever done with all those years together. So I really got to see the power of a new business model mixed with SaaS technology platform, mixed with resources, which is another nice thing. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, so you have such a unique perspective on it. I mean, I've been in it a long time too, and it's great when you get a chance to talk to folks that have been doing it a really, really long time. So yeah, well, let's go to question number two. Tell us about the platform. So our platform is really the next evolution of what I was working on at LiveOps, which is, I think there is a way to leverage the concept of crowdsourcing 3.0 is what I'm trying to build, which is moving beyond these two kind of diametrically opposed systems of either you get commoditized labor that can scale, or you can get very qualified niche talent, but it's a one-on-one relationship like the Upworks and Craigslist of the world. And how do you turn that into skilled services solution that's really focused on one work type? And so for us, that's content creation. And so we produce 70,000 pieces of unique content every year in 39 different verticals, and it's all focused on those verticals. And basically, our clients come in with the need to fix a pain point, but more and more, it's moving towards, that's one of the things I wanted to address. How do you fix the pain point of how do you consist quality content at scale consistently? But more interesting, how do you create a new strategic advantage for our clients for what they could do with content by leveraging our assets together? And to me, that's what's really compelling and what drives me. I like it. I like the solution orientation. That's really smart. Well, tell us the founding story. How did Verblio get going and and how did you end up connecting? Verblio was founded by two inspired founders, neither of which was me. 
And I thank them very much for this opportunity all the time because founding a company is, I've tried it once before, I got one barely off the ground and getting into a place where you can really scale is a phenomenal achievement mixed with a lot of tenacity and a lot of insanity and lack of understanding of reality to make it happen. I always like yeah, that totally. about like the reality distortion field. <laughs> so our origin story is really a mix of two guys. One was Scott Yates, and he's a journalist turned entrepreneur. So he is a much better writer than me, and he was looking to solve a problem coming from the supply side, the supply of labor, as opposed to the business need side. And he said, all of my journalist friends are slowly losing their jobs. How do I create something that's really journalist focused in a freelancer world that's all about creating great gig economy jobs as opposed to how, opposed to the opposite point of view, which is I think where a lot of businesses uh, start off. And I think his spirit as wanting to be pro writer, pro journalist really helped found that company. He wrote for the first 40 clients all by himself. And he wrote a blog a day for the company for five straight years, which gave us a huge SEO advantage, which still lives to this day. And is what we wow. tell our clients. Yeah, that's awesome. What a great story. I think it's super smart to start in a place where you started with the community first, right? And you really understand the needs and the desires of the community and helping the community. At the end of the day, it's all about, you know, passionate people doing great work. I think it's also the culture sticks with your company for a long time, regardless of what you do. And just before I leave behind the other co-founder was Wade Green, who's a who's our technical architect who built the whole system himself. And it was with the company for 10 years before he just transitioned to his next great thing a couple months ago. Wow, that's great. That's great. Well, what categories do you work in? You know, content is a hugely broad thing. And so what are your biggest categories? So our biggest categories are content marketing. And so Website content, blog content, white labels. Blogs, believe it or not, are still the most powerful SEO content out there, even though it sounds like you've been you know, listening to the preachers preach for way too many years now. So that's really our foundation point. We're moving a lot more into refreshing and building out other channels of content. And so those are projects like large content refreshes. If you're a company that's been doing, you have 2000 articles in your archive and 10% of them are really driving most of your SEO. How do you refresh 10% of those to give you an immediate boost? And the other is more on the thought leadership side of like, how do you take a podcast? How do you take some other form of thought leadership you're already doing and turn it into the written content that can drive your company forward? Just taking advantage of your existing strategy. The starting point is like the main content creation. Then we're moving into more of the new directions. And the last is enhancement of content. So we acquired a video company a couple of years ago called Automagical. And we're using that to translate a lot of the written content to have video embedded in it, to bring it to life and increase the engagement. And that's been working very well. And we've been experimenting with new ways to use. How do you do quality video at scale as another if we didn't have enough challenges, that's another one. Yeah, that's a big challenge for sure. Well, that's super exciting. Well, tell us one good case study from the platform, like a good customer success story. Well, if I was going to call out just one, rankings.io is one of my favorites. You can find them kind of on our site. We have a case study with them. They're a large legal SEO agency, one of the leaders in the space. They focus only on personal injury attorneys. What they came to us to do is they wanted to do legal content at scale. And the way they were going to differentiate themselves is they were going to take one of their large clients. They're going to go in and build a lot of legal content written by writers who had to be very familiar with, with the legal universe. And then every piece of it had to be reviewed by a JD. So it had to have some level of 
compliance or specificity to it. And so we customized a program for them. We already had 70 writers in our legal writer pool. We built that for them. And then we already had 10 JDs in that program. We sourced 10 more to edit the rest of them. Basically, one of my favorite things about that is within a pool. So we have a marketplace of 3,000 writers. And within any marketplace are businesses that you don't know exist. So at LiveOps, I found out I had one of the largest licensed agent insurance call centers in the world and didn't even know it. Because within our 20,000 agents, 300 of them were licensed insurance agents. And so we're finding similar things in the writing world, and we could build a custom legal solution. So over the last couple of years, I think writing legal pieces is hard, but doing it at scale and affordably is really hard. Mm -hmm. So we've written 4,400 pieces of unique legal content for them, all reviewed by JDs and all delivered in 30 days or less, which I think is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, that's super cool. What a great case study. Thanks. So with the disruption of the current crisis, what are you seeing out there? So I'm seeing, well, that's a pretty broad question, but (laughs) for our business, where we focus on content marketing, we saw an immediate pause and shift, which was the first month and a half was everybody trying to get their footing and figure out where they wanted to be. So about 15 to 20% of our customers just paused their accounts. And then we had a few major trends occur. One is that the small businesses, a lot of them didn't come back. Our small business, we're talking like the smaller accounts are, are down 15%. The next level accounts, the large guys are up 21%. So people who are in marketing are reallocating more of their budget towards content at this time. It does make sense. I just wrote a a blog post called content was king and then it was promoted. There are very few channels left in order to really make the most of your marketing budget in this time and age, but also that feels like the appropriate channel. So you're writing content for when your audience wants to find you versus you pushing a message to them. And I think that really resonates right now. Yeah, it does for sure. Who are your core customers? So our core customers, we write for 2,000 different unique businesses every single month. Two-thirds of those are digital marketing agencies. About 15% are publishers. So we have one publisher that we write 1,200 unique articles for every month. You know, the rest of it is really made up of SMBs that are doing it directly with us, trying to run their own content. And then we're moving more and more towards larger companies like enterprises that are using us to supplement their existing team. I think this is a core message for the open assembly audience, which is amplify your existing content with a partner like us. You don't need to move it all over to us. You don't need to give up your unique tone, subject matter expertise. But if you take all those pieces that you've already generated and you bring it to a team of industry-specific writers, maybe you could 10x that amount of content at scale in a way that your competitors aren't doing. Yeah, I love that. I love taking your current assets and just reusing them in a new way and really pouring some gas on it. That's really smart. So what are your biggest challenges? What are Verblio's biggest challenges? We are drowning in low-hanging fruit. So we have a massive amount of different directions that we could do that would all help our clients. So we want to go deeper into video. We want to go deeper into building out the segments of customized solutions like medical compliance, technical writers. We could build a unique solution for each of these. So I think that's you know just part of the part of the dream. We're growing really fast. The second piece of it is that we're bootstrapped. You know, we've done 70,000 pieces of unique content and while funding it ourselves. So when you're bootstrapped, you fund it in reverse. You achieve the revenue goal and then you fund it as opposed to the other way around. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's smart for sure. Well, that kind of led to my next question, but you already answered. It seems like maybe you could add something else, but what's on your platform's roadmap? 
So yes, I did answer a few of these things. More, more segmentation. We think of our business as having three pillars that all work together to deliver the differentiated value, which is our curated marketplace of 3,000 great writers, our SaaS platform of content creation that also makes more of this achievable at scale, and then our professional services team so that companies can hook into our ecosystem and our platform at whatever level they would like, either a self-service marketplace or fully managed. And so we are doing investments in each one of those core areas in order to keep improving each one kind of incrementally to make sure the whole system works and flows better. Your work is never done. And every time you succeed in one of your goals, all it did was give you a whole new round of impressive goals. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like opening a new door, right? It's like, yeah, you got to the door, you opened it, big deal. Like now, now look at all the new stuff you got to do. Well, that's awesome. So for the last question, what would you say to a leader struggling with even getting started with the adoption of platforms like, like Verblio? Well, the first thing I tell if it's a CEO that I'm talking to is don't make you the person responsible for it. Huh, good advice. Every partnerships, like every SaaS platform, has to have somebody who specializes in it. So somebody who's the lead from your team, who's in charge of making this work as a partnership, treat any partner like you're onboarding a new employee. Every new employee has a 90-day plan. This is where you don't expect much out of them. You're going to move them towards your goal within 90 days, and they're going to learn your preferences. And I think one of the biggest mistakes and a waste of resources of large enterprises is to quickly pilot in a way that's not a sustainable test. This is not how you would test a a long-term employee or a long-term consultant. So think of it more as a partnership that you're investing in. We think we should be there as fast as anybody else, but at the same time, everybody's view of what's good content is completely subjective. I have two clients that look exactly the same on paper. One of them hates my top writer and one of them loves my top writer. Yeah. We're only going to know that by trying it out. So two main points, one, have a lead from your team and two, have some patience and think of it as an onboarding partnership and to really engage that way. Yeah, I like your perspective because I do think content is such a personal thing, right? Like, like your example of two different companies, exactly the same. One likes a writer, one doesn't like the writer. That's just an important example. And any kind of open talent thing is you've got to kind of go through the process, build your team. It's not saying like, I can get something out today. It's going to be as good as what I did internally. All right, Steve. Well, thanks for joining us. Really great to talk to you about Verblio today. I'm really impressed not only about how you're going about attacking the content market, but also just your history of building communities and being in this game since the beginning. So really appreciate your time. I'm sure our listeners will really get a lot out of it. Have a nice weekend. Thanks, John. We appreciate Open Assembly.